It's Wednesday, February 8th. You're listening to WXXI News. I'm Beth Adams. 2020, fewer school-aged children died by suicide. Researchers say it might be linked to pandemic-era virtual learning. Megan Zarez reports. Researcher Ben Hansen of the University of Oregon says the number of suicide deaths among K-12 students tends to fluctuate based on when they're in school. For instance, there are fewer suicide deaths during summer break or winter vacation. Hansen says his research suggests that schools going virtual in March of 2020 had a similar effect. Despite all the disruption, fewer kids died by suicide. When we get to finally um, August and September of 2020, we find the places that reopen, um, indeed, you start to see youth suicide rising again. And now initial CDC data from the last two years shows that in much of the country, the number of youth suicides has gone back up and surpassed pre-pandemic levels, which were already at a historic high. But in New York, while suicide deaths did go up after lockdowns were lifted, they're still lower than they were pre-pandemic. It's not yet clear why New York is doing better than other states. But just because the number of deaths is down, it doesn't mean things are perfect. Death data doesn't count the number of kids who experience suicidal ideations or who attempt suicide and survive. And it doesn't count the number of kids who are living with other serious mental health concerns. Lisa Herschel heads Family and Children's of Cortland. The group helps fund school-based mental health clinics across the southern tier. Here she is speaking at a recent town hall. We've seen a 350 to 400 percent increase in the severity of need in the school buildings when it comes to mental health. Um, That's a huge increase over the past three years. And Herschel says kids may be experiencing suicidal ideation at younger ages. You know, for example, we had a five-year-old who actually with intent attempted suicide, a five-year-old. Ben Hansen, the researcher we heard earlier, says he doesn't want people to get the wrong impression from his research. He says for the vast majority of kids, attending school in person is better for both their academic success and their mental health. But there are some kids who probably were already isolated at school to begin with, for which, you know, the COVID isolation actually might have been protective for them. And now that that COVID isolation is largely gone, Hansen says it's important to recognize when students are experiencing stress, isolation, or bullying, and to intervene before it's too late. I'm Megan Zarez for WXXI News. The Susan B. Anthony Museum and House is getting ready to share a new artifact with the public. Last week, the House received a donation of a guest book that had been in Susan B. Anthony's home between 1902 and 1904. The donation came from a family that now lives in a house that used to belong to Anthony's brother. The guest book confirmed that some of the most significant activists of the time did, in fact, Meet personally with Susan B. Anthony. The list included several prominent women of color. Deborah Hughes is president and CEO of the museum and house. She says this artifact brought on all kinds of emotions. We just couldn't wait, and we opened it up, and here you've got the signatures of Mary Church Terrell and Hester Jeffrey and all these women who were coming to visit from around the world and their comments. And I have to tell you, I almost swooned, which is like a complete physical reaction. But this book was in the house when Susan was there, and nowhere else can you get that sense of the reality. Hughes was a guest on WXXI's Connections with Evan Dawson. The Susan B. Anthony Museum and House will celebrate its annual birthday dinner on February 15th.
New York State recently broadened its investigation into billing problems by Rochester Gas and Electric and NYSEG. This comes after receiving more than twice as many complaints about the utilities as it did in the previous two years combined. State regulators came to Rochester Tuesday to host a public hearing at City Hall. And one after another, frustrated customers talked about issues with missing bills, double bills, or unexpectedly large bills. Ann Granger said she called RG&E monthly last year about not receiving a bill, and then one finally arrived in December. One bill for the amount of $2,320.42. This bill was not a December bill, but a bill for the past seven months. It took seven months for them to send me a bill. And Granger said the amount was automatically withdrawn from her bank account, taking the balance and the overdraft and causing her other scheduled bills to bounce. The utilities have blamed the problems on workforce shortages and the pandemic. They say their meters need to be read manually, a key difference compared to other utilities in the state. And that was not possible during the shutdown, resulting in a higher number of estimated bills, which is now declining. But many who spoke out Tuesday said they did send in monthly readings, even with photographs, and still did not get accurate bills. The Penfield Town Supervisor has resigned. Marie Sinti says she is stepping down to focus on caring for an ill family member. Penfield's Deputy Supervisor Debbie Draw will oversee the town's day-to-day operations. Officials say additional information will be released in the coming days. Sinti was elected supervisor in November 2021. She took office in January of last year. You can find more local news on our website, wxxinews.org.